A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. And definitely check out those shows as well. Kim Fay is the author of Love and Saffron, a novel of friendship, food, and love. Born and raised in Washington State, Kim Fay is a former bookseller and the author of Communion, a culinary journey through Vietnam, a gourmand world cookbook award winner, and The Map of Lost Memories, an Edgar Award finalist for best first novel. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Jim, and their dog, Mabel. I used to have a dog named Mabel. Love and Saffron is her second novel, and it's so good. It's short and sweet and thought-provoking, and I read it all in one sitting. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Love and Saffron, a novel of friendship, food, and love. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here, Zibby. Oh, um, your book just got right into my heart. I mean, these characters, I mean, I won't give anything away, but mm-hmm. towards the end, I just, I, like, I, I just, I feel like, I felt like I knew them and like everything that happened to them, I felt like I was going on the emotional journey. There's something about this epistolary, <laughs> epistolary form, which is so rare these days and so amazing. Mm-hmm. Tell listeners a little about what your book is about. And I read the backstory of how it came about during COVID. So please tell that okay. whole thing um, as well. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, my book, I mean, it's the in a nutshell thing is always so hard. So, but in a nutshell, it's the early 1960s and a young uh, budding food writer in Los Angeles sends a fan letter 
and a little gift of saffron to a an older magazine columnist who she admires up in the Pacific Northwest on one of the islands outside of Seattle. And this correspondence that begins from this um, fan letter, the women begin writing back and forth. And as they do, they begin opening their hearts to one another, um, sharing food with one another, but through food, finding paths into different parts of their lives that they hadn't really explored. And there are so many backstories to this novel that it's kind of, it's hard. But one of them is, um, I was a bookseller in the 90s. And when I left the bookstore and moved to Vietnam to teach English, my really good friend, Janet Brown, moved to Thailand to teach English. And she and I started corresponding that was 1995, and we have been corresponding ever since. Um, it's one of the correspondences that did not fall to the wayside um, as technology came along. And for a long time, I've really wanted to honor that friendship and honor that experience. And so that's one example of just a lot of the things that were floating around in my head and floating around in sketches on little pieces of paper. Um, but when lockdown hit um, here in Los Angeles, it was a, you know, I know it was this way in a lot of places, but I mean, we locked down, we got the orders, we were not allowed to leave the house, you could go grocery shopping, you, you know, we were, it was intense. And as it was for a lot of people around the country, but for some reason, the next day, the day after we locked down, I sat down at my computer and all the other things I'd been working on just fell to the wayside. And this piece came forward and I started writing and writing and writing. And within a few months, I had a book. And it was, I think one of the reasons I was able to write it so fast is I didn't wasn't writing for publication. I was writing it as a gift to this friend, Janet, and also to Barbara Hansen, who is the food writer who the young character Joan is based on. So I wasn't thinking, as you often do when you're writing a book, What's my audience? Where is this going to go? Is my agent going to like it? Will she be able to find a publisher? It was just, can I offer a little comfort to these two friends during this dark time? And I finished it. I sent it to them. They loved it, which was my whole that that made that made the whole all of the writing um, worthwhile. And then I just set it aside. And it wasn't until later that it kind of floated back to the surface and, you know, went from agent to editor to publication. Wow. That's amazing. So tell me a little about how you came up with these characters. Were they based on you? Some of the scenes, I mean, there's so many specifics, even about (laughs) food and and landscape. Um, And then so many things like, um, you know, their relationships, the details, right? There's Mm -hmm. this part when you said, um, I have been thinking this is written from uh, Imogen, Emmy's point of yeah. view. That I, I have been thinking about Francis too. Of course, I'm always thinking about him. He's my husband. And every day <laughs> I'm doing something for him, ironing his shirts or emptying his ashtrays. I love that. It's like so, um, uh, it's so like blast from the past. It, you know, I, it, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I remember because the cabin is a real place is on Camino Island. Um, um, uncle or Francis is my great uncle Frank. Emmy is my great aunt Emma. And oh my gosh, I remember it's sad that the smell of cigarette smoke makes me nostalgic. 
because that place, you know, they would play pinochle, they would be playing cards, it would just be filled with smoke. So there's a lot of, I mean, aside from cigarettes, there's a lot of memories that go into this book. Um, And a lot of the detail I was able to capture, because for example, I said, Joan is based on Barbara Hansen, who was a pioneering Los Angeles food writer. Mm -hmm. And Barbara and I have been uh, friends for 10 years, but I've also been a little bit obsessive about her. Um, (laughs) She, I have access to the LA Times archive And there was a point in the last 10 years where I went online and read all of her columns and there were hundreds. And so there was a lot of pre-research that went into this book that I didn't know was going to be the research for this book because I'd already done it. And, you know, so I had all of these pieces um, from her professional life. And, you know, she and I had talked a lot. Uh, There were just wonderful details. Yes, she did get her first agent through Helen Gurley Brown um, while she was writing an article about her. There are just all these fun details that I was able to weave in. And I think since obviously I wasn't born in the early 60s, I was born in the mid 60s, so not my time period. The part of me that's in the book is the part that discovered the world through food. Mm. Um, I grew up in small towns around Washington in real meat and potatoes, you know, uh, Scandinavian communities. And it wasn't until I started traveling in my early 20s out of the country that, you know, I really learned that the world was so much bigger. And most of the ways I discovered that was at the table. Um, you know, no matter where you are, you know, what country you're in, what language barriers there are. Once you sit down at a dinner table or once you watch and walk into somebody's kitchen and start um, cooking with them, it all falls away because there's not a single person in the world who doesn't eat, you know? (laughs) And we all have to do it. Some like, some of us like it, some of us don't. Some of us, you know, we all approach it differently, but we all have to do it. So there's that one of those commonalities that you just can't, you know, you can't deny. Um, And that's, that's where I come into the book is I was just really curious about food and how it connects us. So interesting. And even how, uh, um, in addition to the food, which of course we relate to as much today as we would have yeah. in the past, right? It's the same flavors. It's the mm-hmm. same, you know, which is amazing. Yeah, I never really thought about that. No matter what they were making, it's cilantro still tastes like cilantro. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything else can change, but... Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> you can use that if you'd like. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> okay, go for it. Um, I like how the, how you did, though, want the story rooted in time and reality. Um, mm-hmm. And you had things like the Cuban Missile Crisis and yeah. President Kennedy's loss and or, or assassination, mm-hmm. I should say, and even what the Book of the Month Club pick was. Yes. You know, people didn't even like uh, Rabbit Run by John Updike <laughs> at the time, or at least this person, these people didn't really love it. Yeah. Um, so there was just something just, just very... Um, like history meets the personal and mm-hmm. yet it was like a timeless narrative, right? Because also friendship, <laughs> the bonds of friendship. Yeah. It could be email, it could be letters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Some of those feelings, like they also don't go away. No, that is. And friendship was a really, I mean, I exploring friendship, I think because we were also cut off during the pandemic from one another in just a physical way, I spent a lot of time reflecting on what friendship means and how essential it was during dark times, which is kind of how it came into when I was talking about President Kennedy's assassination in the book, I was really conscious Mm -hmm. of what was happening in our country and how we were also divided, but yet united over this, um, 
you know, national and slash global situation that was happening. And so I was just thinking about how important human connection is and trying to capture that in these um, episodes from another time period, but that have relevance today. Interesting. So what else was from your, aside from the smoke? <laughs> well, let me a few let, other little details. Let's um, set the smoke inside. Um, yeah. So the cabin. I mean, the cabin was my aunt and uncle's cabin. I um, spent my summers there. You know, we were, we, you know, the crab pots and just running around out front clams. Um, that was all, those are, you know, you have some memories that you hold in your head and heart that are, I don't want to say that they're more valuable than others, but they have a certain preciousness. And those memories have always been precious to me. And I think one of the reasons that was really a standout in my head when the book, when I wrote the book was because I went back to the island in 2018 and I won't go into the very long story, but when I went back to see the land, just, you know, I wanted to see the land that the cabin had been on, but cabin was still there exactly as it had been 50 wow. years earlier. And so, so that was, and the, the man who, the family who lived in it, let me come inside and be back in that space where I spent my childhood. So I, it was very alive for me when I wrote the book. And also I love LA and I love Seattle. Shory's bookstore that's gone in Seattle, Frederick and Nelson department store that's gone in Seattle. The Grand Central Market as it used to be in Los Angeles, not as it is now where it's it's been gentrified and it used to be very much a blue collar um, market. Um, El Tepiac, where the, there's a scene in the book um, that I won't give away, that's a legacy restaurant. That's still there and I, I do go there. And so I wanted to just pull in all these things that I really love about place because place is such an important part of story to me because we are so shaped by the places we live in. And that that was also an element I wanted to capture in the two characters. It's literally what we say. Um, one of the, the main things we look for in a in a book, I started this publishing company called Dibby Books and we're only yeah. doing 12 books a year, but um, strong sense of place, strong sense of voice, strong sense of place, like two yes. of the most important things because mm-hmm. books have to take you somewhere. You have to, like everyone wants to go or I, mm-hmm. I long for that. I mean, there's, it's fun to, sink into characters, right? Their interior Mm -hmm. lives and everything, but it's where they're set too. And that I got to be in this cabin or slipping down rocks and, you know, like all (laughs) those feelings, like, you know, it's like the magic of books, how you feel like you actually, it's like a dream. Like you feel like you actually kind of did that, even though you totally did it. Very much so. I was obsessed with Harlequin romances when I was growing up. And this seems like a non sequitur, but it wasn't the romances, it was the place. Mm. Harlequin romances, oh, especially like, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, uh, because I would get them at those little weird, you know, uh, strip mall bookstores in small towns. They always took place on a Greek island or Paris or Turkey or mm. all these places I'd never, you know, I'd have to go look on a map and find them. And I read, I read these romances looking for the details of place. Wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll buy that. <laughs> there might have been an extra, an extra something special. Oh, I'm sure I love the romance too, but it's what I remember when I look back, I can still remember Under the Stars of Paris because I can remember the, the descriptions of the city. Yeah, that's it's, funny. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that is how many people, I mean, a lot of people, that's all they're going to get of that place is what you yeah. put in your novel is their impression, what authors do. It's, you got to 
do it justice, really. <laughs> it's magical. I love reading books from other countries, by authors from other countries, by authors who've only visited other countries, because you're always getting different perspectives, you know, if someone is a visitor, if someone is, was born there. And I know that's why Sense of Place is so strong in my book, because it's so important to me when I read. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Um, I just feel like you did such a nice job of showing the evolution of a relationship, like that actual deepening and what little uh-huh. phrases and how how closeness morphs over time. Like it's really interesting how you do that through language, how one does that, right? It's what mm-hmm. we share. It's what we say. It's in these little things that mm-hmm. take someone from here to here, right? Mm-hmm. It's, and it you is. have to figure out how to do it for both characters in tandem. It's it was an inter- it was a very organic process and it might be because I do think about women's friendships a lot. I laugh because I I was doing a talk and I talked about how I can remember when, when I met one of my very best friends from the bookstore and when we first started having coffee it was like a crush. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this, will she like me? Did I sound stupid? Oh my gosh, do you think she'll want to have coffee again? And I, and I was, you know, talking about that evolution. And then a really good friend that I have here in Los Angeles who had seen the talk, she, she texted me. She said, oh my gosh, I felt that way when we met. And I said, so did I. Oh. <laughs> we, you know, we have these, you know, 
your really deep friendships, there's, there's that bit of venturing in and then you start to reveal and then there's the opening of trust. And then when the trust opens up, you just kind of fall into a well together, which is kind of the process of how this book evolved. And then after that, it becomes very smooth in a way. I'm trying to figure out how to describe it, but there, there really is a beautiful organic process to the development of our deep friendships. And I know obviously they occur in different ways, but that was one thing I wanted to explore in this book is how people become friends in an honest and genuine way. Um, how did your friends, aside from the two you sent it to, did other of your friends respond just as positively? And has it been like a bonding thing now with all of you? It has. It really has. I've re- I received a really beautiful email from my high school best friend. Aww. And she talked about how friendships, a good friend breeds good friendships. And um, the response to the book, both from people I know and people I don't know, has been phenomenal because it's always been personal. I have received so many emails or messages through social media from women who've told me that the book has inspired them to reach out to an old friend, a friend they may have lost touch with, or perhaps just a friend where life gets going and it -hmm. comes down to the Christmas letter every year. And most of them have done it through a letter. Mm. You know, most of them have said, I've sat down and I wrote her a letter. And so the personal response to the book from all sides has been extremely gratifying. I feel like for, I know the holidays are so far away, but (laughs) I feel like for the holidays this year, you should pair this book with um, Anna Quinlan's book, Write for Your Life, because it's all about that. And maybe even um, there's another author, Gina Hamaday, who wrote a book about gratitude and writing thank you notes. Um, I'm blanking on the exact title, but I feel like a bundle of those three books with like a gorgeous box of stationery, I you know, love all that. wrapped up yeah. with like, or maybe even a pen or like, I don't know, the thing of coffee or tea or I don't know. Like yeah, I would tea. totally, I'm always like, that, right? you have to have tea when you sit down and write a letter because I've, to me, it's a ritual. I was, I, I just bought some new stationery when I was up in Seattle. So I was sitting down to write a letter, but I have to clear my desk. I have to get it. I have a fountain pen that I love, a Pelican fountain pen that was given to me when I was in my early 20s. Then I brew a cup of tea and I put on Miles Davis and then I just sit and close the door and it's just me, the piece of paper and the friend that I'm writing to. And it's very, I mean, I miss rituals so much. I mean, that is like a meditation, right? That's like a self-care meditation. Like that's what... That seems like such a perfect antidote to like life's craziness. That scene you just said. I want to be that. (laughs) Someone create that scene for me somewhere. Like I don't even drink tea. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It can be a cup of coffee if that's what you prefer. I know, but no, but the the no the scene needs tea. I I agree. It does need tea, and it also needs the any technology that's in the room, put in the closet. Yeah. It's another thing I do is I don't, the only thing in my office that is I'm looking around right now that has technology is my laptop. There's no other technology in this room. So if I just fold my laptop and put it in the closet, then my room is technology. There's two typewriters. I guess that's my, the most technology here. Um, I have my typewriter, my grandma's typewriter. Yeah. Well, nice. Typewriters. Um, yeah. So this book came out 
people are loving it, which I'm not surprised because as soon as I heard about this book, I was like, oh, I'm going to love that book. (laughs) (laughs) That makes you so happy. Yeah. Friendship, food, and love. I'm in. Yes. Thank you. I like all those things. (laughs) Um, And so do lots of other people. So how has it been with this book sort of coming out into the world and the the positive uh, response you've been getting? It's good. (laughs) It's... I guess it just makes me so happy because I put so much love into this book mm-hmm. and that that is being responded to. I, this book is written, I mean, obviously it was written faster than anything I've ever written before since my first novel took 14 years, um, yes. but it's also written from a different place. I, uh, this book changed me mm-hmm. and it taught me what I really want to write. Mm-hmm. And so I found the response, I've been able to be more interactive this time around. I don't know if this is answering your question, but because of social media, I've been able to like have conversations online with readers in ways that weren't available, you know, the last time my book came out. And the response that has meant the most to me as far as out in the world has been the independent bookseller response. Mm. Because indie bookstores have taken this book under their wing. They have, they have treated it Joan and Imogen, the two main characters, as if they were dear family and friends. And that, I was five and a half years at the Elliott Bay Book Company. I worked at Traveler's Bookcase down here. I worked at Laguna Beach or or Latitude 33 in Laguna Beach down here. I know what it means to have a bookseller love your book. I know what it means to have a bookseller pick your book and to hand sell it. And when I say that, I mean an indie bookseller, a person who is not an algorithm. So that's that has been the most meaningful part to me as far as any kind of, you know, reviews you get or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And it's just I've also met so many booksellers I didn't know before and and had the opportunity to engage with them in new ways. And I think it has to do because almost every single one has reached out to me with a personal story that they relate to the book. Oh. That's what I'm finding really interesting is whether it's somebody whose mother had the magazine that had butternut wisdom in it, that column that I mentioned, or whether it is, I've um, heard from a lot of people who are in um, mixed marriages mm-hmm. and said the book meant a lot to them yep. or, um, you know, just different things that they went through in the sixties as women and then just mm-hmm. the food as well. So, yeah. Wow. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um Amazing. Kim, thank you so much. This has been such a joy. I'm excited for you. And I really, I mean, I feel like my time reading this book, because it's so slim, right? I I just read it all in one setting, uh, one sitting rather. Um, Even that moment for me felt like a little slice of the scene that we both have Mm -hmm. (laughs) been talking. I didn't didn't have the tea and I wasn't writing and there was no Miles Davis, but... um, (laughs) It did allow me to step out of my life and pause yeah. with no technology for a while. And um, I'm glad. I'm really glad. Go to thank another you. time. So, Well, thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you. Oh, you too. Um, all right. Well, um, I'm eager to see what comes next from you and you know, whatever <laughs> else you have up your sleeve. So um, I'll, I'll be following along. <laughs> all right. Thank you. You have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.